The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome back, guys, and happy Wednesday. We have our friend here. We brought Raiden on a podcast almost a year ago now. Um, He was a little puppy, and he was sitting in my lap, and now he is a year and three months old, and he is back with us, so we brought him for a follow-up episode. And he's about 60 pounds heavier. (laughs) And he wants wants to eat a cigar. All right, we're going to start with our quirky tip of the day, as we always do. (laughs) All right, the quirky, he loves the pig. You can give it to him a sec. Just don't let him swallow he, he's it. He's beeping it. Yeah, <laughs> he's, doing the, he's doing the work. You like so, that? So um, our quirky tip of the day is my husband and I started volunteering at a soup kitchen locally, and uh, we were thinking maybe a good rule of thumb these days is to, <laughs> right and stay here, is to be on social media and volunteer an equal amount, right? Oh so if you're going to be on social media for two hours a week, Volunteer that much. If you're on social media for 24 hours a week, maybe volunteer that much and try to live your own life. But it's a good rule of thumb. Think about it. Try it. See how it goes. All right. So we got him back. How has he been since we've gotten him back? Uh, he's a little bit loose in his obedience. <laughs> he wants the But piggy. his uh, temperament is great. He's a happy dog. And uh, he's not really giving the owner any problems. She went on vacation and wanted us to board him for a bit. Yeah, she went to And we're to just tightening up a few things. Um, she gives him a lot of freedom. <laughs> you know, he sleeps, uh, I think he's sleeping in her bed. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, he is. Well, I, I think he sleeps in a crate too. He's been great with us. He sleeps in a crate, doesn't need a collar for noise. Um, he's definitely respectful of his equipment. He's clearly excited here. And he's 90 pounds now. So like, he's on a bed. <laughs> he really he's wants a, the he's pig. He's a typical bullseye. Let him have the pig. <laughs> he's going to be fine. He's all upset. There you go. All right, you play with it on here though, because then it'll be safer. No, he's a typical bulldog, but he's, I would say that he's not as difficult as a typical one because we had him when he was young. Yeah, no, he has a nice he's, temperament. He's got he's a, a super boy. sweet temperament. He's great with people. He's great with dogs. He's going to lay down now and chew with his pig. Yeah. Um, and his owner, the biggest thing is just he's big. Like you don't understand that a dog like him can be 90 pounds and what that may mean if he jumps. Like it's different if he jumps than a dog that's 10 pounds or 5 pounds or 15 pounds. You or know just I mean? we put him up on this uh, chairs here so you could see him. <laughs> well, I should have put a back is, brace on. This is like putting him on a, a, veteran, a vet's table. Yeah. It's a lot of weight. Yeah. You know, and it's hard. Oh, they probably wouldn't even put him up there. They'd probably just work him on the ground because yeah, he's but, too big. And that was one thing that his owner said is she's getting a lot of good compliments that he's great at the vet. And she gets compliments everywhere. Everyone loves him. He's super social with um, people. He's jumping a little bit too much because yeah. he gets, he just loves people and people. But he jumped with, with us stuff. like once. Like he wants to treat you a little bit more like a playmate. And then if you get on top of it, he can kind of follow through with that. It's definitely, he's definitely nice genetically. Um, the owner sent me a picture of his uh, litter mate also. And they look totally different. It's so funny. That one's like gray and has like such a different look to him. Yeah. And he, He's growing the way he's supposed to grow. He moves nicely. He is very functional in his movement. He's kind of lazy. He's doing like frog dog right now on the bed. He likes to always put his back feet out. But I say for a bulldog, he's pretty speedy. Gets up the stairs good. Oh, yeah. He's a nice dog. He yeah. Is. And the owner is great. She walks him a few times a day. Yeah. and she's he, She goes four, three to four times a day. Gets to go for a walk. And we mentioned in his puppy podcast that 
the thing about dogs like him is you can't go for a three-mile hike in the summer, right? Like, he's just going to burn out. It's going to be too hot for him. <laughs> oh, boy, this is going to be a problem. I got him. So, the, <laughs> okay. Daddy's going to hold you. So, uh, with that in mind, she does a lot of short walks. She lives right on the water and drake it. And she does like three or four short walks a day and he goes up and down and it doesn't peter him out. It's good exercise for both of them. And she loves him. Like he is totally her pal. She's moved into a new place since he first went home. He's doing great there. He lives on the water in Drakeit. Um, and he's more of an observer than a swimmer, but <laughs> she sent us for the July photos and he's all cute in his bandana and, you know, sent us photos on his year birthday. So this is kind of what we do and why we do it. And it matters to us because we want these dogs to go home and be the best companions they can for life. And we get excited to see them again. I mean, I'll link his puppy episode in the uh, show notes here. But we had a blast when he was on as a puppy. It's a little bit harder now as a big dog and <laughs> supporting him up and standing. But if we, weren't, if we were sitting on the couch, if we were doing something else, he's a totally chill dog to live with. He's awesome. And he uh, overall, I don't have a lot of complaints about him. No, and I would say also the owner has done a great job at maintaining his weight. Because yes. these dogs could easily get overweight because yeah. they have big appetites. And you think, well, they're hungry. Keep feeding yeah. them. And uh, he's at a really nice weight. And but these dogs said, potentially could get way overweight. And with that said, he's getting a cup of kibble uh, morning and night out of a slow feed bowl. Because we had mentioned before, you don't want a dog like this to eat too quickly, potentially aspirate, anything else. He does have some propensity towards anxiety, but it's kind of easy to nip in the bud with training. Like Scott was saying, you know, he might want to go for some socks or something else at home. So you just want to make sure to control him so you don't have an obstruction or something. But besides that, I'd say he's pretty normal. And uh, one technique he's learned with that slow feed bowl is to flip it over. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. So you put the full <laughs> slow feed bowl in his crate and he just flips the thing and then eats a kibble off the, off the floor, the pan of the crate. She did have a really cool uh, crate mat. I might have to, it's like a crate bed almost. We had a wire crate that it fit yeah, it in luckily. perfectly in there. But um, I, I should find out what that is because that was really nice because you don't want a dog like him to get, you know, sores on his elbows or anything. And we really like the Primo pads, but not all dogs do great with the Primo pads. He's got like this cushy bed and he loves it. But I mean, he's like one of ours. Like he's totally chill at our house. He saw the Pomeranian the other day and he's like, oh my gosh, what's that? Like he wanted to play. He, he's just very social, but he hangs out at night on his bed. He's the type of dog that if she had to give him up, we'd wind up with another dog. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope not. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. Don't it's... say that publicly. No, he really is um, a nice dog. And we do love all of our clients. But he was special because I like this breed. We had talked about that. He's an old English bulldog, not a typical English bulldog. So it's a mix of different breeds. We defined that in the last podcast. And he's just fun. Like, he's got a nice temperament. He's uh, funny. He's super, like, he does the stuff with the bowl. He does, obviously, he loves toys. He does stuff with food. He'll get, like, very expressive, like, if he's on the bed and then, like, you know, you tell him that he's going to be there for a while. He just kind of lays down, like, you know, and he's all, like, put out that he can't run around and be an ass. But I, I really like him. I don't one have the, many complaints. One of the really nice things about him, and it goes back to the training, is that he's very respectful of the leash yeah. and the tools because he has a foundation in, in healing and not pulling on the leash. And uh, this is the type of dog that if you didn't start training him early, let's say you had him in a harness for You're the first point. year of his life, oh. he would be dragging you. He could all be. Over he could be. Place, yeah. He you know? he's he knows how to throw his weight around. Can you put this away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It's getting to be a little much for me. Um, and he did get trained on an e collar. He's wearing a metal pinch collar right now. And we send dogs home on these fabric slip collars, but he outgrew that, so she bought him like. 
Yeah. Just a, you know. 30-inch choke chain. Yeah, a 30-inch choke chain with black weaving through. And that's just a backup to the prong. So he was trained on that. He actually came in on a plastic. Uh, he went home on a plastic pinch. He is stronger. He's had a lot of reps of maybe not respecting. He wants some cigar. I know. This is the dog that you'd smoke a cigar with right here. <laughs> Scott's going to do a drawing of him doing smoking a cigar because he's almost like a cartoon in a sense. Like, he's so funny to hang out with and be around with. He was trained on an e-collar. The owners at first um, were a little like, oh, is that going to be okay? Is he going to be fine? But I think for them, it really helped, and it has not put a dent in his temperament at all. And no. it helps... They don't have to control him physically. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have to outmuscle this dog. They can just tap him on the collar. And for the most part, I think he works in, like, 20 on a dog he, He's very sensitive. Yeah, he's a very... He's a sensitive dog. Thank, he's thank God. He's a sensitive boy. We love him. He really is. <laughs> he's such a good boy. I know. We love you so much. Yeah. All right. So what else about him? Um, this is a pretty typical setup of how we used to do our boarding trains. We don't do as much boarding anymore. But if you're training dogs... Ideally, you should be able to welcome them back for boarding. Like that's been a lot of our business over the years is that we've done a dog for boot camp. The dog has been with us for X amount of time. And then every time the owners go away, the dog comes to see us. It was more common when we had a kennel and we had more typical kennel pricing. Now we're a little bit um, higher end with the pricing because we're residential. But really, like this is something that you guys should be considering. If your trainers or if you had someone train your dog and it was a good experience, see if they board, see if they have recommendations for boarding, lean into what worked because he came in for training young. We talked about it on the first podcast. We felt hopeful. <laughs> He's so cute. He's like, is that me on the screen? We talked about it the first podcast and we were really hopeful that, you know, everything was going to go fine and it's gone smoothly. But again, Scott mentioned this and I want to bring it up. A lot of that is credit to the owner. She's done a really oh, yeah. good job yeah. of maintaining the training working with him, fulfilling him. <laughs> He's conditioned to the crate. He yes. loves the crate. Yes. I mean, you can barely keep him out of the crate when oh. it's dinner time. He's <laughs> slamming to get into yeah, the crate. Yeah, Scott, the other night, he was trying to sit outside the crate, and he wanted to just get in to eat. And he's like, no, you got to sit first before you run in the crate. And it's little nuances that like that that will help his anxiety. So I'm not going to let him um, just fly into a crate. We're not going to let him just fly outside. If the dogs yeah. are really excited and crazy during transitions... What might be happening is you're seeing some anxiety start to develop, and you don't want that to kind of tumble into, like we talked about, the sock eating or the whining or some behavioral stuff. You know what I mean? His owner said, and he is still intact. I don't know where she stands there. I'm cool if she wants to keep him intact for the um, Although, hormones. Um, that is um, turning into a little bit of marking yeah, behavior. Yeah, a little marking his, and a little bit case. of humping. That, to me, with a dog like him isn't unusual, but it shouldn't be allowed. Like, you're not going to allow that to go on. But, like, a Malinois might try that. A strong bulldog might try that. Any dog might try that. Neutered dogs try that. Freaking females hump sometimes. So, yes, she's getting fallout there. We haven't spoken to her about her feelings on that or anything else. If he was ours, I would probably want to keep him intact just for hormones. There is more evidence right now that there's more benefit than harm. But... If the behavioral stuff like the marking and the humping is an issue for her, then she should totally um, neuter him, and that's her own choice. It's her dog. We don't yeah. want stress. A lot of people think, oh, I've heard this. I don't know how many people think it, but I've heard it more than once, that people think that they have aggression with their dog, they didn't neuter the dog, so the answer is to neuter the dog. Yeah. And that's a training issue in my mind. Usually, yeah. when you get some real bad behaviors, you neuter them, the behavior's still there. Yeah. They've already learned how to do this crap. Yeah. I will say my Mal, he used to like lick pee and chatter. That did go away once he had gotten neutered. Sometimes, yeah, depending on what you're dealing with. But like for Scott and I, we don't care about a little bit of market. Like we would, and the humping, we we just wouldn't tolerate it. 
Oh, yeah, they're not going to be peeing in the house. But, like, if the dog just goes, I mean, you should see when we hike with the boys, Jimmy pees probably 100 million times on every tree. Yeah, mark on everything. Whatever. Who cares? We don't care. All right, let's go to break super quick. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about our little buddy, Raiden. He's big buddy now. Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? Would you like your dog to be calmer? Does your dog lack confidence? Canine MindShift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com. You're a good boy. The other point I want to bring up is we talked about how great the owner's being with, you know, following up with the training. And I have to give a shout out to all of our clients at this point. If any in-person clients are listening, like you guys are really going the extra mile and putting the work in and the time in. And we try to do it on our end too. And we support everybody as much as possible. But like, it's not even about compliance. It's about people's willingness to want to work with their dogs to maintain that level of, hey, they can do anything in the world is really going well. And it's going well with him also. But this owner not only is maintaining the training, but she's staying in close contact with the breeder. And that's something that I would definitely recommend if you're getting weird vibes from the breeder before you even get the dog home or at any point when, you know, the dog has come home as far as communication or something else. Yeah, poor communication is not a good thing. Yeah, like you you loop the breeder in and don't be afraid about like, oh, what will they think? Oh, this and the other thing. Like talking about these things is important because sometimes there's... Most breeders are very interested in what their puppies are doing. They want to know if if there's a behavioral problem, whatever it is. Yes, exactly. So... She, you know, even she's in freaking Aruba right now. I'm got her on Facebook Messenger for Wi-Fi. We're not even texting her. She's sending me pictures of the litter mates from Aruba. She said, I just talked to the breeder. He's doing great. I asked if we could film a follow-up episode with him. Like he thinks it's he's like a star. He's like, oh, where's my my spray painting? I'm on Oprah. But he really is. I we really Bulldogs, we gave them kind of a bad rap the first um, go around with no BS about Bulldogs. And it wasn't a bad rap. We were just honest because we see There are a lot, lot of dogs. Yes, a lot of dogs. that's what it is. And I, I say that normally, but Scott said it and it's true. They yeah. are. They're a lot of dogs. One thing I like about the old English Bulldog is it's more of a functional dog. Yes. They actually can breathe. They than can, another Bulldog, yeah. Yeah, they can run and do a lot of stuff. And uh, unlike the real, real flat-faced dogs, that everything is an issue. Everything. Yeah. And uh, like I was saying... The way that he's structured, I mean, I, I'm having a hard enough time keeping him on the bed. I'm not going to lift him on the table and stack him. But the way that he's structured, he can move really nicely. That's a cigar, buddy. It's not cheese. So that is important. Like, functional movement should just be a given with a dog. And a lot of these bulldogs that you see right now, they're very wide set with their front end. They can't necessarily move functionally. Like, dogs were bred as man's best friend to be functional man's best friend. And while this dog isn't going to go out and do a 5K with Scott... He should be able to walk down the street and not limp afterward. So from that standpoint, I'm very um, happy with how he's progressed and how he's matured and everything else. Good boy. Um, anything else on him that I'm missing? Follow-ups? He's anything? easy to handle. Um, he hasn't had any, you know, skin problems that to speak no, of. Yeah, he hasn't he, had ear infections. Yes, he's yes, not having true. a lot of not issues. Not a lot of autoimmune He doesn't have the things. big underbite. Yeah. Um, Not a that lot is of pretty standard things. with a lot of the, you know, the bull breeds, even the boxers and, you know, the English bulldogs, which looks cool, but functionally it's more difficult for them yeah. to eat and things like that. And the, the owner, we talked about this originally, her last bulldog um, had some, you know, dog reactivity, whatever. I don't know what that looked like. And um, 
this guy, she wanted to get it done early and, you know, make sure that she was heading off any of those issues and make sure that he was going to be a good companion. If she had done nothing and we had gotten him now, I don't know what that would look like. I'm not necessarily saying that would look bad, but it would be a lot harder on us. Like it was easy to handle him. How much did he weigh then, do you think? He was only, when we first got him, he was only 30 pounds. Yeah, so. he was. Yeah. So he's. The, the biggest problem with him now is he loves everybody. He's so social <laughs> yeah. when he sees people. You know, he, everyone he wants to be their buddies. all over him. Yeah. yeah. And he's still, he's still growing up. Like he's a little bit in that puppy stage. Yeah, and he's not I, mature. I would say that males mature a little bit slower than females. That's just been my experience, no matter the breed. So, or species. <laughs> so that may be the case that like, you know, it's going to take a year and a half, but like jumping for him, it's just unacceptable. Like he can't be jumping on strangers. You can't just manage that. Like he has to know four paws on the floor. He's staying upstairs at our house because the wire crate that fit his bed uh, was already up there and I didn't want to bring it downstairs. And the first time he went upstairs, I released him. He didn't have to heal. He just ran up in front of me. And then as soon as I got up the stairs, he like went to jump on me like, hey, mom, I missed you. And I like would have went back down the stairs. So like those little things, you just can't have it like that. You got to let him know that like you get up the stairs, you can't jump. You have to keep four paws on the floor. It's a liability for him. It's Mm -hmm. a liability for other people. And he can get injured. Like he's not the kind of dog while he's sitting here in a bed. He's not a good candidate to fall off these chairs. Is any dog? No, probably not. But a border staffie or something is going to fall and land a little more gracefully than the friggin' bowling ball that we have here. Yeah, a lighter frame dog can <laughs> can jump a lot easier and not be hitting the ground with so much impact. You yeah. Know? One thing that he's really good with, and she's gotten compliments at the vet's office as far as his behavior, is handling. And that is just something that I would hit home so hard, no matter what breed you have. If you have a rescue, you're going to approach that a little bit differently. You're not going to just get right in there and flip the dog over. Maybe you want to put a muzzle on just for safety, just to see what things look like. But she was great about that. We tried to do a lot of that when we had him flipping him over, checking his toes, checking his ears. I mean, you see him now. My biggest concern when he wants to kiss us is pulling off this little fuzzy mic thing. But he's great about being handled. And those are the little things that really matter at this point. Because if he hadn't seen any of that before, and then I wanted to go look in his ears or look in his mouth or look at his feet, he could be like, what the frig are you doing, lady? Stay away from me. And that's, you know, he's a stronger, more powerful dog. He's a lot of dog, as Scott says. So that's something that's going well. A good example of a poorly uh, socialized dog. We had a golden retriever in a couple of dogs ago that uh, we wanted to take his temperature. Um for various yeah. reasons. Really tricky. That dog went into like alligator rolling yeah. and completely was, had a meltdown. It was really tricky. I, I got a cream golden podcast coming here in a few weeks, but we got we to plan it first. We've had a lot of cream golden fun lately. But overall, if you guys are considering a bulldog, uh, I know we, I, I'm not going to say who the breeder is. I'm not going to promote the breed, you know, on the podcast or whatever else. It's totally everybody's decision. But if you're considering a bulldog, do your research like this owner did. Find a breeder who's breeding dogs that are functional, that are social, that are, you know, maturing well, that don't have a lot of autoimmune things and ask a lot of questions. Ask questions about the parents. Know that they've been doing this before. They're not just getting into it. Scott and I mentioned on the first podcast, this isn't your average breed as far as what you're going to spend. So people sometimes get into breeds like this just for the money. This guy and the other one we had, the other mix that we had years and years and years ago, his name was Otis, both really nice dogs. I don't know how he's doing. I'm glad that we can keep seeing little buddy. But like this breed has really shown me that bulldogs can be more like other dogs if you're going to mix them with other breeds. And you go ahead. I was going to say, I think when you breed for extremes, you're going to get fallout. Yeah. It's hard to get the whole package. And quite often I'm seeing with the bulldogs and the, the pit mixes, 
uh, a lot of them are breeding for to be really muscular, to have this big presence. Yeah. And they're not necessarily aggressive at all. But the bigger you make this dog, you know, there's other health issues. You know, you want a dog that actually can move around comfortably. And if they're so muscled yeah. and, and they're maybe a little bow Yeah, a lot of people, I think, are breeding for the look. And they like that more macho look. Who is it that does that? Stanley, the guy Stanley made, did the book about people who get dogs for oh, a certain yeah. thing. Stanley yeah. Corrin, I think yes. his name was. Yeah. yeah. So he wrote a book about how certain like personalities are attracted to certain breeds and certain traits. And maybe people who maybe have a little more aggression in themselves are more attracted to bulldogs. So there's well, there, a market for that. He had an that. article in the Psychology Today yes, on that, yeah. that dogs that... People that own aggressive dogs are more likely to have uh, a history of violence themselves. It was an interesting correlation. Yeah, Yeah, with how we we seek those things out. So then if breeders are going to know that, they're going to want to breed for, okay, the big build. You know, you see a lot of them with the spike collar. And he could totally wear a spike collar and everything would be fine. But sometimes when people are kind of like fostering that type of like aggressive tendency and the, oh, they're pulling in front of me and everything else... You're making the monster. Like, you want the dog to be controlled. You want the dog to be your companion. And you want to be able to go out and enjoy the dog. We've done follow-ups with her at Home Depot. He's been out and about a bunch. We've been to her house. He's been here a couple times. Like, he's a functional dog. She can pretty much take him wherever she goes. She only has a car, but he has a nice, like, barrier. So she can't get in the front seat for safety or, God forbid, fly through the windshield. He's so big. And he's intimidating enough to look at if you a stranger <laughs> came to your house. Not and if you meet he him. he started barking or something, <laughs> I mean, you'd get... You might be a little concerned before you ran up to pet this guy, you know, but he is a big love. That's for sure. Yeah. We love um, our clients and we love our clients' dogs. And since we did an episode with them and we have them back and it's been almost a year, we thought we might as well bring them back. Uh, you guys, this is the last week. Halloween is when shirt orders close. We're sporting ours from last year. The colors have changed a bit. I will post the link in the description. Um, but in the meantime, we are just going to hang out with little buddy. We got a few clients this afternoon and keep it quirky. Thanks Thanks so much, guys. guys. Take care. Good. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.